to put up or shut up this year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to add somebody to that group. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Definitely. Yeah. And I feel mm-hmm. like people have somewhat forgotten about him. This is still a talented guy. Yeah. So if he's healthy, I know Chiefs fans are really down on him right now. I hear him almost mentioned as an afterthought at this point. I think if he can stay healthy, he is a very good professional running back. Josh, I'm going to ask you, if there was a surprise in the Chiefs draft, was it that they took a running back? Yeah, I mean, I was I was thinking about that, honestly, just a few minutes ago. I, I think so. I think that would be the only surprise because we talked about how they needed defense and most of what they drafted was defense. They got an offensive lineman because they could always use more depth there. Everybody could. So, yeah, I think the running back is probably the surprise. So I hope that they saw something in him that is going to be better than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because I'm one of those Chiefs fans that's down on him Mm -hmm. because he hasn't really produced anything that's impressed me. Their other running backs have been a lot more impressive. Ned, running backs are kind of like paper clips. There always seems to be one laying around when you need it. (laughs) (laughs) Were you surprised that they took a running back? I think that's precisely why they took just the one running back there because they know in the free agent market, which will be coming up starting today and continuing right on till the spring camps and and, uh, into the summer, they know they're going to run into some good, solid running backs, some some solid players who just can't find a place on their team. Now, it's going to be expensive for them, and they're going to have to handle their salary cap situation. But, uh, no, I wouldn't surprise that they signed one of them. Just oh, The fact that it was just one, that in and of itself, I thought was being a little... Uh, Let's take it away. It took away from the sexy level of what they were right. doing. You've got, <laughs> got ugly old defensive guys in there and not the pretty Well, at least board. they didn't draft a tight end. <laughs> well, yeah. that's that's our grade. You guys hear it. We think it's good, but not sexy. We'll be back to talk about the rest of the NFL draft in just a moment right here on 104.7 The Cave, Ned Talk. You're listening to Ned Talk. On 104.7, The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7, The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. You are absolutely right. Once again, Mr. Reynolds, we were discussing off the air, how many picks Georgia got in the draft? 15. Mm-hmm. So you win a hearty handshake and a slap on the back. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations for that. How long do I have to wait for that first prize? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do have to wait for that. Let's talk about the rest of the draft because it was, it was interesting. I think the team that everybody considers had the best draft was the New York Jets. But the other thing that was really interesting to me was the big-name receivers that got traded during the draft. Were you surprised? I certainly was, and pleasantly so, because the Brown, J.L. Brown from uh, the Tennessee Titans goes to the team that everybody loves, the green and white. Thank you. What a great trade that Philadelphia made. Now, they gave up, I'm sure, some valuable items. But uh, here they added to their receiving core. Big This guy's an outstanding receiver, and he goes from Tennessee to Philadelphia, they, there were others who figured into that whole receiving core mix of uh, big names being traded around. The one from the Baltimore Ravens to, where did he go? The, uh, went to the Cardinals. The Cardinals, United Arizona. United. Yeah, yep. Kyler Murray. Because uh, he's Murray's receiver. 
And his it's Marquise Brown, I think is his name, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Marquise Brown. And uh, that was not received well by the QB at Baltimore, Mr. Jackson, but he's not running the show. The front office is. Mm -hmm. So, the, and everybody makes adjustments. There are going to be situations in which you see your friends, uh, you know, leaves a profession. For heaven's sake, that, that does happen. But I really did... I really did like the Philadelphia trade, the, the Tennessee trade to Philadelphia. I think that helps the Eagles immeasurably, and I think it helps Jalen Hurts quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Were you surprised at all the offensive players that were on the move in the in the draft? It was kind of shocking to see a couple of big receivers moving out. What did you think of that, John? I wasn't shocked, to be honest, because with – Every every domino fell after Devontae Adams signed and after Tyreek Hill signed his new deal. You know, you heard there were five or six players that were going to sit out camp until they got better deals. A.J. Brown was one of those. Debo Samuel's still one of those. Marquise Brown, I read an interesting story. He actually requested a trade. And I don't know that he and Lamar Jackson have talked about this to this, po to this point, but he had a good point. They're friends. But in that offense, is he really getting showcased as much as he could be in another offense? And I think he wanted to test it somewhere else that might be more pass-friendly and see what he could put up. So I don't blame him necessarily, and I'm not surprised by it at all. Debo Samuel, I don't think, is going to be traded. Mm -hmm. For one thing, it is a trade. It's not a free agency. That's right. And the 49ers front office has said, we're not going to let him Wait, go. Yep. Why? <laughs> the guy doesn't want to play, then he can sit out and then make his own deal next year, mm -hmm. which is not going to happen. Or he can honor his contract with us. Mm -hmm. So, no, I don't think, I think he suits up for the 49ers, and I think the 49ers have a very, very good team. Very good team. Josh, what did you think of the record-setting day that Georgia had? <laughs> Josh is an Alabama fan, in case everybody knows that. Uh, good for Georgia, whatever. <laughs> That's all you got to say? I got nothing to say about it. Who cares? Who's the big Alabama player taken in the draft this year? Uh, Probably Jamison Williams. Yeah, Jameson Williams. Williams. Yeah. yeah. Probably Jamison. Yeah. The one that everybody wanted the Chiefs to get, but they didn't trade up for. Right, yeah, which they probably didn't need to, so... Mm -hmm. No, you know he'll be a good he'll be a good NFL player, and he nine out of those fifteen Georgia players won't ever play in the NFL. So. <laughs> what, <laughs> Ned? What's your thoughts on uh, the the lack of the quarterback position being mm -hmm. drafted this year? It won't be next year. Mm -hmm. That's because all the top quarterbacks are underclassmen and are staying in. Now I can't say all of them. That's uh, a little bit unfair, but the vast majority of those making headlines are still in, in college, still going to play another year of college football, and then come out next year, and then you'll see a glut of outstanding quarterbacks. And I think the NFL realizes that, and that's why they were perhaps a little bit more uh, conservative with what they what they did with their with their dealing and so forth. You've got after all, you've got to check your monetary resources too, and knowing fully well that many of those big name quarterbacks will be available next year. Hey, we'll be ready for them. Mm -hmm. What was your biggest surprise in all the draft? Anything shock you at all? Anything you said? Hey, I'm that, I'm, I didn't see that coming. Mm, the trade that Tennessee made with Philadelphia, yeah. but that's that's really the only thing. And I'm I'm kind of I'm not a big draft nick like some of the other people. Yes, that's how teams rebuild. Like the intern. No, <laughs> 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 oh, well, he's he's passionate toward one team and and studies it pretty well. Mm -hmm. Mike does a good job and is very knowledgeable of this. But there's some uh, everybody looks at things in a different way. 
And I, date, I'm an old man, so I date back to the old days when this was not such a big deal. Mm -hmm. I watched it on the Associated Press teletype, and oh, look, look who they got in round four here. <laughs> yep. Look who they got in round 18 here, and so forth. That was when it went beyond seven rounds. Mm -hmm. This is a made-for-television deal. Yes. I think you've got guys I've never heard of before, like Mel Kuyper Jr. coming in. <laughs> Where's Mel Kuyper during the baseball all-star game of the World right. Series? You mean he's studying the draft every single damn day there is? Yeah, buddy, you does. need a life if that's the case. That's all he is. <laughs> but but you get people you who are the supposed experts on us. Then you spend ten to fifteen to twenty minutes talking about the physical attributes. This is rubbish. Come on, people that can play football or they can't. Simple matter of that. <laughs> what do you think of uh, what's your thoughts on no quarterback being taken until what the second round? Uh, you know, we keep saying the Chiefs draft wasn't sexy. I want to be completely honest about this draft. This whole draft wasn't sexy because there weren't the marquee quarterbacks available. There wasn't really a marquee running back to me that was available. And the wide receiver core out there was good. Jamison Williams is definitely the prize of that. And one of my friends who's a big Lions fan, Chris Harbour, he was really disappointed that they traded up to get Jamison Williams. And I kind of talked him off the ledge because that is possibly a generational player they drafted. Now, who's going to throw him the ball? That's another story. So, you know, if I were the Lions, I might be knocking on the Browns door and saying, hey, I know you've ticked off this, uh, this Baker guy. Maybe, uh, maybe you'd like to make something happen. But quarterbacks definitely fell in this draft. I mean, the first one taken was in the third round. It was Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. Cincinnati yeah. The only quarterback that I heard talked about extensively was Malik Willis from Liberty. And he fell to the 22nd pick in the third round and went to the Titans. So... Nothing about this draft was sexy. It was mainly defense, nope. offensive line, and secondary. But that's what teams needed, and the other personnel just was not out there outside of Jamison Williams. What are your thoughts about that, Josh? I think defense is sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I love watching linebackers cream quarterbacks. I mean, that's I enjoy a really good defense more than a really good offense. It's just the way I've always been. And so it, I think this was a a great draft because of that, because these teams did finally realize don't take the flashy player and hope you can make, make it work. Take the players that you need so that you know, you're going to make it work. Mm -hmm. And so I liked, I like it, you know, and the fact that no quarterback, I mean, like Ned's saying next year is going to be huge for quarterbacks because all these guys were <laughs> underclassmen. So this year, okay. Yeah. Nobody needed a quarterback. Plus we mm -hmm. just had, that huge class of quarterbacks that are all stellar mm -hmm. yeah, that just came out and are all performing great. So this is that interim year where there's not another big batch of quarterbacks because mm -hmm. they haven't proved themselves in college yet, but they will. John brought up Baker Mayfield. Are you surprised? I mean, do you think Baker, Baker from Mayfield is going to be traded or is he just going to be relegated to being a backup quarterback for the rest of his career? He's not a backup quarterback. Oklahoma doesn't erect statues to guys who are backup right. quarterbacks, which they <laughs> no. didn't. And they did that last week in their parking lot. No, I think he'll he'll be traded or or he will stay with Cleveland and rest the number one position away from Deshaun Watson. And that's altogether a realistic possibility. You don't know what this guy's legal problems are going to be. You think they... They look right now as though they're going to be all right, that he can play. But he also hasn't played in a year. Uh -huh. He did dress out last year, but they never played him in Houston. So uh -huh. what's going to happen to him? He may have that rust. 
Baker Mayfield does not. I still think Mayfield's a fine QB. I do as well. Yeah, and I mean, Watson is an if factor out there. He's got new allegations against him. You don't know how those are going to go. Roger Goodell tends to make examples of people. We just saw it in baseball. Everybody thought, okay, well, Trevor Bauer is going to probably start playing around May. How about May of 2024 is about the earliest he's going to play Will at be. this it's point. It's a two-year yeah, We're not suspension. even talking about that yet, okay? We just stop. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about Trevor Bowerman and all that in a minute. We're, we're focusing on football right now, guys. But, but we are because we're making a correlation of what mm-hmm. suspensions might be. I don't think they'll give a two-year suspension to Deshaun Watson. I just don't. I don't see no. that happening. And I also don't. I, I also think that it's uh, I think it's a situation, too, that since he's been traded to this team, that the NFL has a little bit of a stake in that they are not going to let anything happen there, that they're going to kind of ease this over. What's your mm-hmm. thoughts on well, that, Well, they, they can't because society is so hell-bent on domestic abuse now. Oh, they can. No, they <laughs> won't, though. They won't because it would really give them a black eye. So you can't do that. Watson is going to have to absorb some kind of penalty. Now, it may be monetary. Mm-hmm. They may not suspend him. They may find him $100,000, $150,000, whatever. I'm saying that for a, uh argumentative point. But I, I do think he comes up with some kind of penalty. Goodell is noted for doing that, sitting down and handing out some tremendous penalty of some sort like this. And uh, as a result, he may or may not play this year. I think there's a genuine possibility that he does not. Really? You think that? I do. And it's not to say it's not going to happen, but I think it's a possibility that it could. And John thinks so, too. I would think that that Cleveland would have gone to Goodell and said, hey, what are you doing? What's your thoughts? Where's your mindset with this? And I mean, again... Let's not mistake that the NFL has a stake in the Cleveland Browns. They do. Well, Joe, the fact that the Browns have done nothing with Baker Mayfield except kept him on the team yeah. tells you something. Yeah. That says something right yeah, there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is I feel like the Browns organization is waiting to see what is going to happen with Watson sure. before they decide what they're going to do with Baker Mayfield. If I was Baker Mayfield, I'd flip him the bird and say, get me out of here. Mm. He has. slapping his face <laughs> for what they did anyway. And some team like Detroit, he would he would be a superstar there. They but would Josh, love Josh, he can talk all he wants. He's under contract. I know. I know. He can't. <laughs> he can't I go know. anywhere. <laughs> all right. When we come back, we'll finally talk about baseball. It's Ned Talk. I'm order 4.7 The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. We're about at the one-month mark for the Major League Baseball season, and we're seeing some things happen, some interesting things. Here's the things we're going to cover so you guys can start to wrap your mind around it. Trevor Bauer, we'll start there. We'll talk about Clayton Kershaw. And then we'll talk about, is a no-hitter really a no-hitter if it takes more than one pitcher to pitch it? So let's start with Trevor Bauer, who is uh, a pitcher for the Dodgers like Clayton Kershaw. And he has been suspended for two years. I don't Mm -hmm. think anybody's heart in Major League Baseball is broken by that because he has a particularly nasty reputation with everybody. But this is another domestic abuse 
situation. Inclusive of the Cleveland Indians, the Cincinnati Reds, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and UCLA teammates. Mm -hmm. They all have very low regard for this individual. He's had issues with all of them, with all of the personnel there. So, no. But I'm... I'm We'll tell you this. I don't think that'll be a two-year suspension. Uh-huh. I know that's what's ma- uh, handed down. He has the right to appeal. I think the appeal will probably be heard. And I do look for it to be reduced by maybe a year, but more than likely about, um, oh, half a year or so, somewhere around there. But I do look for it to be reduced. Does anybody want him back, though? That's the question. Well, yeah. he he's rusty now. Yeah. He hasn't had any work, and he's a pitcher. He's a pitcher, pretty good pitcher. Dog on it. He's he can he can play, uh-huh. but it's going to take him a while to get back into shape if he can. How old is he? I uh, say Bauer's probably twenty nine or thirty. I think he's thirty, thirty one, somewhere around there. Um, as much as I despise Trevor Bauer as a human being, I, he's entertaining for people, kind of like in the way Conor McGregor is entertaining to people. I will defend him in this situation, not what he's done. So hear me on this, not the acts that he's accused of, not his preferences in the bedroom. I will defend him from a standpoint. If you're going to crack down on domestic violence, we have guys like Starlin Castro. We have Marcel Lazuna who were under similar situations that got much lesser suspensions. Bauer and this is, again, Rob Manfred at his best. The reason Bauer got two years is because Bauer relentlessly goes after Rob Manfred. And this is what I don't like about his position as commissioner. It's the Wild West out there. It's like having Joe West as a commissioner. He absolutely holds grudges. He bald face lies about everything. Manfred is the ill of a lot of Major League Baseball's problems. I can't wait for that regime to change, and I hope it's sooner rather than later. Any any thoughts on Trevor Bauer you want to share with us there, Josh? Well, I this is the first I've heard of it, being the casual baseball fan that I am, but I mean, I feel like if they truly want to clean up that part of professional sports, then a hardcore suspension like this is what they need. Maybe the punishment doesn't fit the crime, but if you want people to stop doing it and think twice before they do it, how about losing two years of your career? You think about what the storyline is, and all we can do is quote it. We don't know what the situation in terms of what actually happened, but the domestic abuse, apparently, the abuse part of it wasn't consensual, but the activities were. Uh And it just so happened that uh, there were roughhouse tactics and so forth and so on. Does that merit a two-year suspension? Well, and don't forget that he was acquitted. He was of acquitted. said charges again. So I, I don't know. I just don't understand. I can see what you're saying, John, about how it's a vendetta by the commissioner. We all know that nobody. I think there are very few people that are happy with this, right? <laughs> and they're ready for there to be a different one. So, you know, I mean, and the problem is that's going to play into most of these situations. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about how Goodell is, you know, wants to clean up the NFL, but it seems like every time he tries, it just makes it worse. Right. But that's, it's the same thing. These guys are overreacting maybe to certain situations where they think, okay, I've got to make an example of this guy so it doesn't happen again. They're kind of in a no-win situation, and I'm not by any means defending them because 
they're doing things wrong. Oh, absolutely. But, John, John's reaction to the commissioner, I think, is right on, and I back mm -hmm. it 100%. The man has come in and decided to shake up the boat. Well, sometimes the boat does need shaking, mm -hmm. but not this way. Yeah. Not, with the, not with the rules that are being implemented, which are totally... Uh, obscure, number one, and really kind of an insult to many baseball fans. They are apparently going to be implemented. There's some that are good. Mm -hmm. uh, they have the runner on second base this year. We don't need to go into all the rules changes, mm -hmm. but he's decided to create this mixture in a very short time without mm -hmm. giving it time to be digested by everybody and now to come up with his own punitive measures and maybe brought on by the fact that the players and the and Bauer's not the only one. There have been many no. other players who have come on. <laughs> in my but this, one, this case has been highly publicized. Well, okay. A lot of the other yeah. cases. Keep in mind, Joe, where it happened too in Los Angeles, yes. which is a big city in which you're going to get an influx of media mm -hmm. uh, coverage on this. It's been highly publicized. A lot of the other cases that John mentioned, not as publicized. I mean, that doesn't excuse the act. It doesn't mm -hmm. excuse the act at all. But I think when it's more out there in front of people's faces, when it's somebody's name yeah. that people are familiar, you know, even if it's tangentially for more familiar with than some of the other names that John mentioned, I think that's you increase the punishment. And, and, and while I, I sort of agree with you on Rob Manfred, I don't I don't particularly care for Rob Manfred. I see some of the changes that he's making in the game is being positive. I'm excited for the some. shift to completely go away because it's killing the game. I didn't mm -hmm. say every everything right. was I, I said know, that there and I like a the, number. And I like the pitch clock too. I do. The pitch uh -huh. clock I have been told has hastened the games in the minor leagues by as much as 15 to 20 minutes uh -huh. for that. Uh, there are others that uh, that I'm not in uh, in favor of. One that hasn't happened that should have happened a number of years ago is not a change. It's a firing why Angel Hernandez oh, is still umpiring, Lord. I can't tell you. Yeah. It's not like he's made a mistake yesterday or the day before. It's 20 years of mediocre, in fact, 30 years of mediocre umpiring. I had a civil discussion online with a friend of mine who officiates youth baseball. And I understood his point because he said, you know, this guy's one of the best in his craft. Now, that's where we differed in opinion. He is not. Statistically, they have stats for umpires now. Angel yeah. Hernandez is at or near the bottom each year. Here's my opinion on umpires, and I'll stick to this till my dying day. If I know your name as a casual fan, you are not doing your job correctly. If I know the umpire's name, because who do we know? Joe West, C.B. Buckner, C.B. Buckner, Angel Hernandez. If you are making it about you and a showcase of you, you shouldn't be umpiring. And that's exactly why Angel Hernandez is detrimental to baseball. I echo the statement that the great Jack Buck made about oh, back in <laughs> 2000, 1999 or 2000, when the uh, Big Mac was thrown out of a game on mm -hmm. a Saturday afternoon when he's going for the home run record. Well... 35,000 fans paid their way in to see the umpire throw him out. That, that There's a microcosm of it all, right? right. Buck, Buck, or Buck wouldn't utter his name after that point. He would not. He would not. The thing that gets me, again, as a casual fan, is I even saw the headline where in one game, Angel Hernandez had... 22 missed calls like they showed the that was the one that was last sunday it was yeah. 19 against the philadelphia yeah. phillies and, and i'm like these guys do these guys not have a grading system they do they do, they yeah. do. They do. all right so is it that there aren't any umpires to replace him no it's that the umpires union is so strong okay, okay.
well, they're not that strong, but you know, there's other there's other factors that play into it that we don't need to discuss. <laughs> let's, let's talk about let's talk about Clayton Kershaw. He mm-hmm. is the Dodgers' all time leading strikeout leader. Why is that such a big deal? Well, the history of the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Brooklyn Dodgers before that, the oh, yeah. pitchers that he's his name is over. Mm-hmm. Sandy Koufax, uh, Don Drysdale, Don Carl Drysdale. Ferrillo. I mean, uh, Oral Hershiser. Oh, that's right. Um, Carl Erskine. Erskine, thank you. Yes, that's who I meant. Uh, Just an amazing list of pitchers that they've had over the career. And and what Mm -hmm. I saw today that really surprised me, it took took him fewer games Mm. than any other pitcher on that list, even Sandy, the great Sandy Koufax, to become the Mm all-time Dodgers strikeout leader. So that's a major milestone in Major League Baseball. It is. Yeah, the game has changed, especially in the way that Hall of Fame statistics are going to be calculated. We've mentioned this on the show before. Clayton Kershaw, if he retires today, is a first ballot Hall of Famer to me. You're not going to see guys get 300 wins. You're not going to see a 5,000 strikeout guy. But it is historic that Kershaw is number one with a team with that sort of lineage. And you're not going to see guys get two thousand or three thousand hits. It's Absolutely, two thousand probably or twenty five hundred, maybe the exactly. benchmark. Exactly, yes. because Miguel Cabrera just did it, and there's looking like nobody's going to even get close. Right, Mike Trout probably will be injured later today, so he won't make it. <laughs> and I think the closest player is uh, I forget who. It was. I think it's Robinson it was, Cano. It was Votto, I think. It was Votto that's it, close. It's Joey Votto, and he's there. at like about twenty five hundred. or Yeah, so, he's not going to make it. He's not going to make it. Uh-uh. So let's talk about our final topic of conversation. Is no hitter a no hitter when more than one pitcher pitches in the game? <laughs> no. Well, it, it is a no hitter, but it is not a remarkable no hitter as it would be if one person, as the aforementioned Clayton Kershaw, uh, did have going for him about two weeks ago when he got taken out. And it was it was consensual. They they both agreed, they both con- him and consensual the consensual take out there. Right. No, 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 no. The consent was by both player and manager. Right. He said, look, it's a cold. It's 38 degrees in Minneapolis. Oh, he had seven, seven and a third, whatever it was, seven innings of a perfect no-hitter. Mm-hmm. And he said, look, we have the rest of the season to go. We're ahead of this team, seven and nothing, the mm-hmm. Dodgers and the Minnesota Twins. Uh, do you win? He said, no, you're right. I'll, I'll, I'll take it out. There will be other times. <laughs> well, I noticed he had a change of heart about two weeks later, but that was to, I'm sure, satisfy some reporter right. somewhere along the line. Mm-hmm. So, no. Does it have the same effect as if one pitcher threw the thing? Heavens no, not at all. But it is a no-hitter. You missed your calling. You should totally have run for office. <laughs> because I'll ask a question, and you'll veer wildly into whatever you want to talk That's about. That's right. About. Yeah. But you did finally get back around yes. to What are your thoughts on that, John? Do you think the Mets no-hitter is a no-hitter? I'm going to do a little bit of the same thing. So, oh, don't. Come on. It, you know, nobody talks about the Braves no-hitter years ago that Kent Merker was a yeah. part of. It was six different pitchers. It's just not the same. No. I will say this about no-hitters in general. We're seeing a f- frequency of those, and I hate to point this back, Because of the lockout, we lost a lot of spring games. If I look up and down every team's lineup in Major League Baseball, there are about four to five guys that are under 200 a month into the season. That's not good. So, obviously, those games make a difference. It's going to be a rough year for hitters. It really, really is. And it's going to be a rough year for some pitchers that didn't get stretched out properly. We're probably going to see some major injuries. We're not there yet. But... Until the shift is banned and we get back to true baseball, 
you're not going to see a lot of 300 seasons and especially with the launch angles and everything else that's being, you know, used as data today. But no, I think it it is still an accomplishment. It's a team no-hitter to me. The the individuals just aren't recognized for anything that's more than one pitcher. Thank you. I recognize the senator from Nebraska now. <laughs> Josh Roberts, your thoughts on I'm it? I'm going to give you a straightforward answer. The answer is no, because if you think of it this way, if a pitcher came in and pitched three no-hit innings, did he pitch a no-hitter? Right. No. He no. pitched three no-hit innings. So you can't say that it's a team no-hitter because the no-hitter is based on one player pitching a complete no-hit game. One, not multiple. I'm voting for that. Joe, right here's there. the total assessment. Josh is not as good as John and Ned Reynolds with baffling them with <laughs> blank blank. That's right. Exactly. Josh is a flamethrower. He goes straight down the middle. That's These right. two guys, they work the edges. They're the best team in baseball right now. They're zigzagging away from Cobras. By the right? way, real quickly, who's the best team in baseball right now? It is the now? New York Yankees. It is the New York Yankees. Well. Yeah. Good, Good job, very much. We'll come back and wrap up the show in just a second. Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Ned Reynolds has told us he would like to plug something, so we'll (laughs) let him do that. The Springfield Cardinals are playing their final road game of this particular series today down in San Antonio, Texas. Come home to start a home series on Tuesday night with the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. That's Kansas City Royals AA Farm Club. That is our first telecast of 12 this year. So, And it's most unusual for us to have one on a weekday night. Well, we are going to have several of them this year that are weekday nights. So if you're not going to the ball game, we hope you are, and we hope the weather is great, but... The fact of the matter remains, we will have that one on TV for the first time. KYCW 15. Perfect. Well, I, I want to plug something, too. want to mention that we, our sister station, 105.1, the Bull, is the home for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh-huh. And you can always tune away and listen to the games, but you have to promise all of us that you'll come back. Because we'd miss you if you didn't come back. So right. tune away, listen to the game, and then come back and listen to us. So, Ned, what are you going to do with the rest of your afternoon? Okay, you're going to do some weeding this afternoon? Is that weeding what you Weeding because of the uh, the recent damp weather and uh, then sit on my can for a while. There you go. Okay, what are you going to do, John? I think I'm going to redesign my Oliver 2024 signs for my political run I'm planning. <laughs> Right. Sounds like a good plan. What about, what about you, Josh? <laughs> oh, I, I guess I'm going to start my own cult. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. How's that start sound? Your, okay. How's the, the cult of Joshism. How's the Kool-Aid where you're at? All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to try to remember how all the buttons in the studio work and get a little primer on myself about that. And then uh, I think I'm going to go home and have some lunch and maybe try to rearrange some records. So I'll see you guys. Actually, we won't be here next Sunday. We taking we are taking a week off. Ned has a prior obligation. Mm-hmm. Did you say you're drinking? No, won't be in this <laughs> you case. Give, give a hand sign over there, and I wasn't sure if you're like, no, I'm going to be drunk next Sunday, no, so we're not doing the show. Hey, it's me. It is my fault that we're... Uh, oh, yeah. well, it's always your here. fault that we're here. Well, well I mean, it's always, <laughs> this is called Joe and Josh talk. Right. Yeah. It is, uh, it's a Bears baseball game with Southern Illinois, which is mm-hmm. going on that uh, ESPN3 network, so mm-hmm. we'll, nice. I'll be doing that. ESPN3? 
Mm-hmm. You're on the four-letter network? I am. Yeah. Wow, Ned. Is this your first time in the four-letter network? No, no, no. We've been mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. When have you been yeah, on in the past? A couple baseball games. Mm-hmm. We've you ever been on for anything else? Basketball. Yep. Sure. Well, wow. Ned's big yes. time in us again. Ned's big time. No, no, big no. Time. Guys, I assure you, ESPN3 is very, very, very far away from the Well, you're not on time. the Ocho. That's what I was so, ready to yeah, say. Yeah, not on the, the Ocho. Ocho. So you're, what you're, is the Ocho? Oh, well, there, there's a movie <laughs> called Dodgeball where they have ESPN the Ocho, which is broadcasting professional dodgeball. <laughs> you're, you're not you on the Ocho. One, guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so two weeks, we'll be back in the studio. I'm sure Jake will show up next week and it'll be... Where's everybody at? <laughs> but we won't be here next week, so you can just listen to Jake open the mic and say, where is everybody at? So thanks to Mike the Intern, Brian Tindall, Corbin Campbell, and Nick Fury. I'm leaving you with Boston. Don't look back. 104.7 The Cave.